So it does happen. It takes time. It takes time to reprogram your brain. It takes time to get that muscle memory down. It takes time to change your instinctive reactions to things. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine Podcast. We are recording this in my car during my commutes to and from my work, so the audio may not be super clear, and also my daughter is with me in the car, so you may hear her little comments throughout the podcast. But otherwise, hopefully you can enjoy this podcast and we can discuss all sorts of interesting topics that have to do with making a positive impact on your relationship with your horse. When I got into horse training, I think I underestimated how much people training I would be doing. And to be honest, horse training is a whole lot easier than training yourself and training clients and students. I really enjoy working with people. I find it very rewarding. So positive reinforcement for myself. I find it extremely rewarding to see horses and their humans really connect and to make that progress together and to see as just as much improvement in the human as I see in the horse. And sometimes, to be honest, it's more about the human making the improvement than the horse as the horse is often responding directly to their human and, you know, the the problems that the horse is showing that the human's having with the horse have little to do with the horse itself and more to do with how the human is acting or asking for those things. And so I have over the years learned a lot about teaching people and teaching myself. And this is a big factor in it. I think it's a lot easier even to teach other people than it is to teach myself, to train myself to do things differently than I've always done them. And I have found repeatedly that with my clients, this is a very big struggle and an emotional struggle, not just a physical one. They find it frustrating and disappointing and even depressing and emotionally stressful to cope with their own automatic reactions to their horses. They mentally want to change. They know why they shouldn't do something. They know why they want to do something differently. They've got it. They've got it. They've, they've read it. They've watched it. They've seen me do it. They see me do it with their horses and they want to be able to do that too. And this is how I feel with watching other trainers, you know, and watching myself on video. I, I know what it is I want. I know what I'm trying to achieve, achieve. And I know how my horse is responding, but how do I make myself act differently in the moment? How do I train myself to be different when I have spent years and years and years of grinding in this automatic response of, um, let's say a horse reaches out to nip at me. My automatic response is to smack the horse. I mean, that's just how I've always been taught. That's what I've always wanted. I mean, that's just what I do. I remember when I was seven or eight, there used to be this horse at the boarding barn I rode at, and he was a school horse. He was a big, black, beautiful school horse and a big quarter horse. He was gorgeous, but he bit really hard, like sent multiple people to the hospital bit so hard. And looking back, it was... It's emotionally very challenging for me to go back through my past sometimes because I find little tidbits of memory 
that at the time meant one thing and then now as I'm going back through it I realize meant something completely different I you know that saying my whole life is a lie I kind of feel like that when it comes to working with horses and how I grew up being around horses and working with them and working with this horse was a prime example whenever he would reach out to bite somebody the trainers would literally tell us to punch him in the face as hard as we could and I'm not talking about a little smack I'm talking ball up your fist and punch him like he's a punching bag and hard and we would actually get chastised for not punching him hard enough um, you know a little 10 year old me or 8 year old however old I was I don't even remember you know I could only punch so hard uh, but my trainer could punch really hard and I had witnessed this many times and I just thought that that was normal. The horse bit, he was being bad, he's being disrespectful, punch him. And it was supposed to fix it. Guess what? It didn't. It did not fix the biting problem. It didn't fix it because we didn't find the underlying problem, the underlying cause to the problem. He was in a lot of pain and he probably disliked being ridden by a bunch of 10 year olds that yanked on his face and kicked him and used whips and punched him. I mean, to be honest, the horse had every reason in the world to be an angry, angry mess. And he, you know, I won't go into the full story, but there was a lot more to that situation as far as his, you know, the lifestyle, how he was kept, how he was trained, how he was ridden, how he was, uh, all of his equipment, physical issues. There was a lot there. The poor guy. Anyway, I, on a tangent, but I was, that was ingrained to me from a very early age to punch the horse if they bit you. But now I don't want to punch a horse if they bite me. Now I don't want to even slap my horse. I don't even want to say ah, ah, to my horse when they go to bite me. Uh, I have an entirely different methodology for approaching horse training and I want to change. Now, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with punishment, I'm not even going down that path. That was just a example of how I want to change. I don't want to react violently and physically to my horses when they act in a way that I don't want. What I do want is to respond in a calculated way, in a patient way, and with um, a positive. So I want to focus on what the horse is doing right. I want to, instead of focusing on the negative, the, the part that I don't want, instead of punishing what I don't want, I want to set the horse up for success, and I want the horse to be able to communicate with me and probably in a less violent way. I want them to just put their ears back versus actually biting at me. And that's a process. And I'm, again, not going to go into that whole process here in this particular podcast. But it's an example of how I want to be different. I don't want to physically react to my horse. I don't want to punch them. I don't want to uh, wave my hand at them. I don't even want to shout at them. I don't want to interact that way. So how do I fix that? How do I fix myself? How do I teach myself a different way? How do I make my body do what's in my head in the moment when I am reacting out of fear and possibly pain if my horse actually got me. Um, if, you know, maybe there's a lot of stress factors happening. Maybe this has been building. Maybe I've already been frustrated with my horse. Maybe there's been some trigger stacking happening for me where I find that, you know, I'm frustrated because the horse wouldn't stand still. Then they wouldn't let, you know, wouldn't get on the mounting block or whatever it is. It, there was a bunch of factors that led up to then this horse biting at me and then me violently reacting back. And that's exactly what I didn't want. And the 
solution to this problem. So the way I'm, at least personally, I address this and I work with my students this way is I change the environmental setup. So just like with horses, when I have a horse that bites, I am going to put them in a situation where they, first of all, can't bite me. Second of all, don't feel the need to bite me. And third of all, we can work on rewarding the behaviors that we do want that are the alternative to biting. So if I don't want my horse to bite, I want them to, you know, stand quietly and be happy and keeping their head away from me. I'm going to put them in a situation where everything I want happens and everything I don't want doesn't happen. And often this is in what's called protected contact, where there's a barrier between the horse and I, so that if for some reason there's a slip up in the training, that the horse can't actually get to me. So I don't have this um, need to protect myself. And there's not a, it's not a dangerous situation for me. And then I work on backing down the training all the way to the level to where the horse doesn't feel the need to protect themselves or to communicate so violently with me. And then we progress from there and I start focusing on, oh good, you didn't flatten your ears at me, click reward and so on. And we, we build, we build from there. The same thing happens for people when I'm working on training a person's retraining a person's interactions with their horse. So I'm retraining my student or my client who's previously been trained to hit their horse if they bite. We're going to go back to that example. I am that same setup, that same scenario. Even if the horse has stopped biting with me, even if the horse has started acting in a more positive way with me, there's a increase, there's still that probability that it will happen for the client because they don't have that same they have a history with the horse that is negative, whereas usually I don't have that history with the horse. And so the training happens faster or we don't have re- as often of relapses. And then now I have to rebuild that relationship and rebuild their interaction. Well, the person, the, the person has that history, that history of yanking in the lead rope or smacking the horse or getting too far ahead or getting frustrated, whatever it is. So there's an increased chance that something is bad is going to happen that the human doesn't like, that the person doesn't like, and then there's the increased chance that they will lash out at their horse, which will then do everything we don't want it to do. So I need to put the human in protected contact. I need to set up the training situation to such a a less risky setup. So I need to take it all the way back to a setup where that thing we don't want to do can't happen. And this happens not just with biting. If you have a horse that pulls on the lead rope and you are tired of yanking on your lead rope and you don't want to pull on the lead rope anymore, you need to take the training situation all the way back to the setup where that doesn't happen and that you can't pull on the lead rope. So take that lead rope off, take that halter off, and just walk side by side with your horse at liberty and reward that until you have a well-established leading behavior with your horse and then you are absolutely prevented from yanking on your horse's face because there's no lead rope there, there's no halter there, you can't even do it. 
and that you so that you can retrain your automatic reactions to your horse you've taken away that crutch that ability to do what it is that you don't want to do until you can reprogram your brain and reprogram the automatic response to your horse and this happens again with everything if the, if it's the biting then you need to have yourself in protected contact so you can't reach your horse to smack them and they can't bite you so it won't even happen to begin with but let's say that the horse is getting too close to you that they're getting in your personal space, quote unquote, personal space, that they're um, bumping into you, that you have in the past felt the need to really just chase them away or to pressure them away from you or smack at them or take the lead rope and hit them with it or yank them and back them up. But you've decided you don't want to do that anymore. But the behavior is still kind of there. Maybe it's iffy. Maybe, you know, 90% of the time we're really good, but we have these relapses. And sometimes they're not the horse's relapse, but they're yours. You get too clammed up on that lead rope. You get too whatever it is. You get, um, you just relapse back into that behavior again, which is the smacking the horse or whatever it is. If you can put yourself in a situation where you can't chase your horse away from you, where you can't hit them and also they can't run into you, that will be the way to retrain both your brain, the way you're automatically doing things, your physical reactions, your gut instinct reaction, your or your pre-programming, that hardwired programming into you, and simultaneously will be reprogramming the horse too. The horse won't have the option of running into you and we'll build, we'll build up to be able to move that fence away. We'll build back to be able to have the halter and lead rope on. We will build back up to, um, I'm trying to think of another example where this happens usually leading is a really big one where I find people just want to constantly pull on that lead rope. They want to either pull forward to get the horse to move forward or they want to pull back to get the horse to slow down. Both of them are uh, behaviors that often people want to eliminate. They don't want to have to drag their horse everywhere. And also we can see the negative side effects of having to use that pressure on them and even a punishment on them for that. So taking again, taking that lead rope and halter away prevents you from being able to do those things. So you have to find another solution. And we do that until it's automatic, until we have reprogrammed your automatic response, till that new response is hardwired in. Now, I will say, often many of us have been working with horses for a very, very long time before we ever start trying to train with positive reinforcement or less force or force-free or however you want to identify. When we decide we want to train, change our cha- training protocols, when we decide that we want to have a different automatic reaction to our horses, often we have years of programmed behavior in us. We have years of automatic reactions and those reactions have often been highly reinforced by our trainers. So when we do punch the horse, good job. That was exactly what he needed. He needed to be put in his place. He needed to be corrected. So it's a highly reinforced behavior and it's repeated over and over and over again. So it gets really drilled into us. It's not going to happen overnight changing your behavior. Even when you take that lead rope away and that halter away and you've been doing fantastic and everything seems to be going smoothly and you feel it's time to put that halter and lead rope back on, you've got a really well-established behavior, slip-ups do happen. 
So what do we do when those slip-ups happen? When we make the mistake after we've had such a great streak of ourselves having a um, excellent behavior. We have been doing amazing, but there is a slip up and we just put it for whatever reason. I don't know if there was a trigger or trigger stacking or whatever it is. We have this fallback onto this old behavior that we don't want and we're frustrated and uh, how do we fix it? Well, obviously you can't go back and change the past. We can't go and say, you know, push the rewind button and make this all go away. But we can recognize that we made a mistake. So we can immediately, right after that mistake happens, as soon as it happens, it's really important to pause, to put your horse and yourselves in protected contact. So, you know, toss some food into a pan or just leave the arena. Try not to just leave the arena. If you're working with food rewards, make sure and leave your horse something to eat when you do leave. Uh, we can discuss that in another podcast, but leave them something to munch on, something good, and leave the arena. Leave the training area if you can, if it's safe to be able to do it. Leave the training area and go think. Go think about what happened. Think about what you did. Don't punish yourself for it in a like you know like a physically trying to punish yourself or really beating yourself up about it don't punish yourself so much as really go and analyze what happened find the triggers find what it was that instigated that response from you that you don't want uh, process the information of what happened before the relapse happened. Think about what your horse did. Think about what you did. Really think about what you did because it really doesn't matter what your horse did so much. We shouldn't respond that way to our horses if that's what our goal is. So really think about what led to you having a relapse in your behavior and then problem solve. Find how, find a way to help prevent that from happening again in the future, whether that's uh, maybe we need to go back into protective contact for a little bit. Maybe we, if we've had trigger stacking that's happening all day, maybe, you know, we were in rush hour traffic trying to get to the barn. We're late. We, um, our horse was a little bit difficult to get out of the stall. That was kind of frustrating. Then we get into training. Everything's going okay. And then they do something you didn't want, or it's just, they're not getting it and you're frustrated and you lash out at them. That's all trigger stacking. That's all little irritations, little stressors, little things that are happening all day long that have built up to this explosion. So before we go into a training session, we really need to pay attention to what happened before the training session, before we even go to our horse's stall even. We need to think about all of the events that have happened that day, or recently at least, leading up to where you're at right this second. Is this an appropriate time to be working with your horse? Can you let go of those things? Can you acknowledge that those were stressors in your life that for whatever reason they happened and that it's okay and let them go? Can you go into the training situation and even just interacting with your horse, even just going in to groom them? Can you go into that situation with your horse completely empty-minded, just focusing on you and the horse? Can you compartmentalize and just focus on that training session and not let those other stressors enter the environment with you and your horse? And if we can do that, and it takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of patience, because there are going to be days when you go to the barn and you drove an hour to go to the barn and you get there and you get your horse out, everything's going fine. You get into the arena, you do one thing with them and you have to acknowledge to yourself, you have to admit to yourself 
that today is not the day, that you cannot do what you set out to do. This has happened to me many times. I've gotten to the barn and I have gotten out of my car, gone in, and I have had to say, even when it is I'm going to be working with clients, horses, and I feel like I have an obligation to work with them that day, I have to acknowledge that it would be less productive to work with them that day and risk a relapse in the horse's behavior, my behavior, and the training progress than it would be to not train that day. I can make up for it a different day. I can add an extra training session in a different day. I could come out a different day. I can do it a different time. But to put the horse through that, to put yourself through that, every time you get a chance to repeat that relapse, every time that horse experiences that from you, is setting back your training and going to make it less productive in the long run. So let's think long term. Another way to help yourself is to record your training sessions. Recording your training sessions allows you to go back and watch what it is that happened before your relapse and will help you find those triggers that will help you find solutions to your problem and will help you find um, things that maybe you didn't see in the moment. There's so much going on during situations with our horses that we don't often see them in the moment. We don't often see them during a training session, but when we go back and watch videos of us training, we get these aha moments. This happens to me all the time. I am obsessive about recording, video recording my training sessions. I have had major light bulb moments during my training when I'm able to go back and watch, and I think one thing happened, but then when I see what actually happened, I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And it wasn't just this. It was actually this and it was this. And so that really can help with progressing your training and avoiding those relapses to educate yourself on what it is you're actually doing and not just what you're perceiving is happening. The last tip I have is surround yourself with a supportive team. Um, Having a professional trainer helping you is critical, whether that's through video coaching or in person. Um, There's options out there. There's so many options out there, even just video critiques. If you can only send in a video every so often, sometimes getting a fresh eye on what's happening will really help improve the success of your training, will really help reduce those relapses in your behavior and help, help you be less frustrated because you're you actually know what you're doing and what's going on and you feel like you have that support from somebody who does know or has more experience at least. And then also support as in friends and other horse trainers and other horse people that are training similarly to you that aren't critiquing you in a negative way all the time and judging what you're doing, whether that's through social media or finding a local group. Um, There are so many people out there that have started training in force-free ways that are focused on their relationship with their horse more than than what they can get out of the horse. And whether or not that actually involves positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement or all these other things, that's completely up to you. But you can find people with social media and through groups, local groups, online groups, all these different people. There are people out there that can be your support team. And taking those videos, even if you can't send them to a professional, you can send them into like a group and say, hey, what do you guys see? And I can't, I can't even explain to you how helpful that has been to me. I, my progress would have been significantly slowed down had I not had an amazing support group to really help me and 
you know, when I'd have troubles with a horse where I just like my, I'm just hitting my head on a desk. Like I can't figure out what's going on. It's making me frustrated. I'm having all these relapses. I just want to just make it happen. Having those people that I can send a video to and be like, I don't know what's happening here. Can you tell me, just be brutally honest. Am I just completely messed up here or am I missing something or whatever? And they will be honest with me. And it's a little bit painful. It's a little bit, it's a vulnerable feeling. I get it. It's a little bit stressful, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's so worth it to have that support team. It's so worth it to have a professional you're working with and it can make or break your training success. And so I really encourage you to do that and to make that a part of your training program with your horse. I hope all these ideas were really helpful in re-educating yourself and helping yourself get through those problems, those tough areas where you keep having these relapses in your training and keep doing things that you're not exactly wanting to do in your training. That happens to the best of us. It happens to me. I have relapses sometimes and I'm just like... I can't believe I just did that, but I find comfort in knowing that those are happening less and less often and further and further in between. I have uh, my, you know, I kind of keep track of when that happens in my brain, you know, maybe in the beginning those relapses were happening every week or every couple of days or maybe a couple times a day. I don't even know, but they were happening pretty often. And then more recently, it's been months and months in between Uh, relapses. So it does happen. It takes time. It takes time to reprogram your brain. It takes time to get that muscle memory down. It takes time to change your instinctive reactions to things. So give yourself a little bit of a break, you know, kick your legs up, relax, really analyze your training, really let people help you forgive yourself for mistakes you know, uh, just like we forgive our horses for mistakes, just like we try and reward our horses for improvements and focus on the positives. Do that for yourself. Focus on the positives in your training. Focus on the progress you're making. Focus on how much better everything is going. Focus on the little steps, even if it seems like such a little step compared to how training used to be. You know, one day your horse couldn't trot, the next day they could trot. Whereas with this type of training, it may take longer. And that's okay, especially since you're relearning how to train a horse, especially since you're trying to make changes that are not automatic there, that you're not necessarily as skilled in. I, You can be a professional trainer that trained one way, but when you switch the ways of training, you're no longer a professional trainer in that way. And it takes time. It takes time to build that those behaviors. It takes time to reprogram yourself. And so really reward yourself for progress. Think positively about the training. Put yourself in a situation where you're more likely to be successful and prevent those relapses from happening. And then keep moving forward. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com, and I have links to my social media accounts like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And I also have a really extensive blog as well as resources on there like books and other podcasts and websites that you can check out to find out more information. And probably one of the best resources I have on my website is my FAQ page, which is under the training drop-down menu. And check that out because if you have any questions about how I train or positive reinforcement training in general for horses, the answer is probably there. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I would love to hear any feedback you have. Perhaps leave a comment or email me. Um, If you have any suggestions for future topics, please send those my way and I look forward to talking with you in the future.